What's the secret to your hair, Dr. Lisa? I get that question so much. And what I have changed recently is using my Nourish Collagen Peptides from the Nourish Balance Thrive line. As you know, before I ever put my name on anything, I test it out for months. And so therefore, I have been using this product for a long time before it ever became available to you guys. Why am I loving this product so much more than any other ones that I've ever used? A, this is grass-fed collagen. So if you are dealing with post-COVID hair loss, if you are dealing with a Hashimoto's diagnosis or a hypo or just low thyroid diagnosis and you're losing your hair, or maybe you're noticing your hair just isn't as thick as it used to be when you were in your 20s, right? There's so many of us noticing that. You might want to add some collagen into your routine. And the Nourish Collagen Peptides is from grass-fed cows, so you're going to love that. You're not going to get all the nasty hormones or whatever else that might be in conventional products. I am always looking for the cleanest source available. What else? If you're looking in the mirror and you're noticing those laugh lines, or if you can pinch your skin and it doesn't like rebound back as fast as it used to, that means the elasticity of your skin just isn't there and we want to rebuild it, nourish it so it can thrive, right? So the Nourish Collagen Peptides will do just that. And obviously as a chiropractor, I love this because it is good for your joint health as well. So Nourish Collagen Peptides has type 1 and type 3 collagen peptides in it, which are great for, like I said, hair, skin, and nails. So if you are dealing with laugh lines or thinning hair or creaky joints, you're going to want to grab a container of the Nourish Collagen Peptides. You can mix it into your smoothies, into your coffee. You can mix it into like your brownies if you're eating that drlisao.com, click the shop link or click the link below. An Ironic Media Production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. Hey there, Rockstar. I'm so glad you're here. I know you've been struggling for a while, trying to figure out why things just aren't changing. I've been there. I get you. I see you. I know how hard you're trying. I'm here to let you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm here to teach you the simple steps to becoming that healthy, vibrant, best version of you. Are you ready? Let's do this. We are going to deep dive into autoimmune, Hashimoto's, hyperthyroidism, stubborn weight loss, and so much more today. My guest is Margaret Floyd Berry. She's a functional nutritionist, an author, and real food advocate who supports clients throughout North America and Europe in achieving true health and vitality through therapeutic diets and lifestyle changes. Through years of experience working with the most complex client cases, including reversing her own autoimmune condition, Margaret has established a powerful system for restoring health by addressing the root cause of illness. She also helps fellow practitioners build their own successful practice through restorative wellness solutions, a two-year comprehensive functional nutrition certification program for qualified health professionals. You can find her at Margaret Floyd Berry on Instagram, along with restorative wellness solutions. Have you joined us over in my private Facebook group on Healthy Living Simple? You want to go do a little search on Facebook, search out Ketone Your Health as in O-W-N, Own Your Health, Ketone Your Health. You get more of a behind the scenes with me, a little bit more interaction over there where I am sharing some of my favorite recipes and all of my tips and tricks to healthy living. And if you want to deep dive in for a nutritional consult, go check out bit.ly.com forward slash Dr. Lisa Consult. I'd love to do a discovery call with you. I 
have Margaret Floyd Berry here with me today. And I cannot wait about this discussion that we're going to have. We're going to talk all about autoimmunity. We're going to talk about our gut health, which I think is a huge thing. I see it with my patients all the time. When we talk about gut health, they're like, no, my gut's fine. Yeah. But in the meanwhile, they're dealing with <laughs> all sorts of stuff and they've got a belly yeah. up to here. Right. So, right. <laughs> so let's hear, uh, let's, I mean, tell them a little bit about yourself and then we'll start deep diving into all of these topics. How about that? You bet. Absolutely. So I'm a functional nutritionist. And what that means is, you know, we think nutritionists, we think, oh, we're going to like make a meal plan and like give you some recipes. And this work is a little more in depth than that. What we're doing is we're doing a deep dive into lab testing, just the way I'm sure you do the way a lot of um, functional docs do. Um, and what we're doing is we're looking for clues to understand what kind of imbalances are driving symptom presentation, right? And so we're not trying to diagnose anything. We're not trying to treat anything. What we're trying to do is figure out what is blocking the body's ability to heal and how can we, in a very strategic and informed way, use the tools of dietary change and supplement protocols and lifestyle interventions um, to basically remove blocking factors and give the body the inputs it needs to come back into balance. Um, so that's what a functional nutritionist is, as opposed to just here's the diet. Yeah. You think of like the dietitian <laughs> at the hospital, right? Like I had oh, a couple God. of patients that ended up there and they're like, do you know what they fed me? And I was like, well, yeah, that's why our people are sick. <laughs> I know. I know. So I'm always saying, yeah, no, I'm not the one um, recommending waffles for diabetics. In the no hospital, kidding. So. Right. And that, yeah, sugar free jello. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about digestion, yeah. our digest, uh, digestive health. Um, we can even deep dive into leaky gut and gut health and all of that, because I know like it is a buzzword, right? Everybody, yes. oh, it's leaky gut or I healed my leaky gut. So let's, mm -hmm. a lot of times they probably did not heal their leaky gut by drinking a lot of bone broth, right? Like, <laughs> No, I mean, it's a good little baby step in the direction, but I don't think we've got all the way. Right, exactly. If it were only that easy. Right. <laughs> Thank you for saying that, right? Because we could have figured this out a whole long time ago. Oh, if yeah. it was that easy, we'd be bajillionaires. Oh, yeah. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, no, no. Well, I think, I mean, our digestive our digestive system is so fundamental to our health overall. We're going to be talking about autoimmunity, and it is absolutely essential with autoimmunity. But even without autoimmunity, it is, I mean, it is the thing, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, we are basically walking food right? Like they say that, oh, you are what you eat, but it's like, no, no, you actually really are what you eat. Like there is no cell in your body. There's no tissue. There's no organ. Like I always get clients, like, look at your hand, look at the skin, the, the joints, the tendons, the bones, the muscles, every bit of that was once food. But here's the clincher, the quality of those nutrients that literally build and fuel us and run every single system in our body depends on our digestive process and its mm -hmm. ability to essentially harvest those nutrients from the food that we eat and then shuttle them around our body to do what the body needs to do, right? So that digestive process is so absolutely fundamental to everything. Like it is the starting point because you could be eating the most pristine, nutrient-dense, properly prepared locally grown, like all the mm -hmm. things you could Organic. be eating the most, mm -hmm. all the things you could be eating the perfect meal. If your body 
is not able to properly break down that food into its nutrient components and then absorb it um, and use those nutrients, it doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's, it's just money. You're quite literally flushing down the toilet. I agree. Right. Mm -hmm. And I always say within our little chiropractic practice here, I'm like, it's not what you eat. It's what you assimilate. Exactly. It's mm -hmm. exactly. I mean, it's just so essential. And you know, I think the digestive process, I mean, I, I think it's just magnificent and fascinating. I mean, really, first of all, it's basically still the outside of our body, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're basically one very complicated donut and the donut <laughs> hole is our mouth, right? Yeah. Big long tube from the mouth ends at the anus and all sorts of things happen along the way. You know, we hope everything's moving in the right direction of all these little valves kind of making sure everything's going in the right direction. And you mentioned leaky gut. I mean, this is actually a really profound moment if you take a minute to think mm -hmm. about it. So, you know, first of all, so we say leaky gut, the part of it we're really talking about primarily is the small intestine, right? And that is where the vast majority of the nutrients are absorbed, not all of them, but the, the majority of them, right? And this lining of this intestine is one cell thick. So it's so delicate, right? And when we talk about leaky gut, really what we're meaning here, and is it okay if I just kind of give a yes, basic explanation? Okay, absolutely. Perfect. You know, so we've got, you know, we talk about the tight junctions. And so you think about these little cells lined up kind of like this, like grid, right? Just like, like little soldiers side by side. And what happens is that very selectively, those tight junctions will basically open up to let a nutrient through and then close back up. I mean, just think of like the most tightly regulated security system, right? Because they know that this is the last barrier between you and the outside world. And, um, and that goes straight into the bloodstream, right? So this is literally the final frontier between <laughs> you and the outside world. This is where the outside world becomes you. And so that's a very, very tightly regulated system. And it's just like, look, one little gate will open at a time and then another one. And there's other mechanisms, you know, some yeah. go through the cells. We don't need to go into all those details, but essentially what happens with leaky gut is this, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have those tight junctions now open up, they loosen up, they get damaged. And now this process that's supposed to be highly, highly selective is allowing, it's like a freeway, right? It's just allowing all the things. And there's a lot of stuff in our intestines that we don't want going into the bloodstream, right? There's toxins, there's, you know, the things that are bound for the toilet bowl, right? There's pathogens, there's bacteria, there are, you know, even something like that perfect piece of broccoli you had at lunch. If it is not broken down sufficiently, that enters into the bloodstream and your body doesn't know what to do with it. It looks at it as a foreign invader because it doesn't recognize it. That engages the immune system, which mm -hmm. we're gonna talk about in a moment. And, um, and now you, I mean, you're just, you're just creating problems. You're creating inflammation. I mean, it's just, it, this, is, this is the gateway where a lot of things, we talk about endotoxicity. So that's toxicity from within. Um, and this is one of the key mechanisms for that is that compromised gut barrier. And, so many things can cause it that are very, very common in the diet. And um, many people, I'm not going to say most, I kind of think most, but I'm going to say many to be conservative, have this without even knowing it. I agree. 100% agree. And it's so much, let's talk about some of the reasons why they end up with it. I mean, it's so much in our lifestyle and it's not just something we've just started recently that we end up with leaky gut, but it's, you know what I mean? It's like, Hey, it goes back to our childhood and, and we're just never, I don't know. This is just our convenience lifestyle. I feel like so much, right? Like we have really, I'm a kid of the eighties. I just think of 
you know, how, how our food has evolved since then. Like we've really, we've created a monster. <laughs> we really have. We really have. And I mean, just sort of, I mean, we could spend an entire hour just talking about this one piece, but you know, some of the heavy hitters, I mean, let's just, I mean, in terms of foods, well, all the processed foods, right? Yes. Like that is just mm -hmm. so irritating. So, in, so I mean, I just think of it kind of like a cheese grater, right? Like it's just mm. really irritating to the system and anything that's irritating, it's that one delicate little cell thick lining, right? Like it's, it's mm. going to cause an effect. Um, gluten, there's a massive one, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm very strict about gluten in my practice and in my life. And, um, you know, I often get the like, but I'm not celiac or, you know, I've done this test or that test and it's come back negative and it's like okay so i'm glad that that mechanism isn't a problem for you but here's the thing with gluten is that when your body breaks down gluten it releases a substance called zonulin which does this right it, it literally sends the signal to open up those tight junctions um and so it causes leaky gut in anyone when we eat it regardless if regardless yes regardless you know yeah and then there's always the question well then why did our ancestors eat it and it's like well then let's talk about the perfect storm of everything else yes. going on yeah. all these other things you know if you i mean yes there's always going to be sort of environmental assaults and i include dietary factors in that um but when you've only got a very small handful of those stressors our bodies are magnificent right they're so resilient mm -hmm. and so they can handle a lot but we're in a whole new world when it comes to, you know, so other things, I mean, you know, just taking things like, you know, your NSAIDs, like your ibuprofen, you know, that was a big one for me back in the day before I moved into this field, I used to suffer from really severe migraines and, um, I could not be like, I, I had to have, I have tracked, I had like at least half a dozen bottles of Advil and I knew exactly where everyone was. I had it in my purse, in my car, at my desk, at my work. I had it in my bathroom. I was dating a guy two floors down from me. It wasn't close enough to have it in my bathroom. I had to have it in his yeah. bathroom as well. Like, like I just lived on yeah. this stuff. Right. And so, um, you know, and that's just, that's just one example. I mean, there's just yeah. so many stressors that are causing damage to that gut lining. And it just, it's the starting point for yeah just so many issues. And you think of how many antibiotics we were all thrown on, oh, you know, like, yeah, oh my totally. gosh, I remember thinking like, because I had, you know, teenage acne, they threw me on oh, yeah. antibiotics. Yeah. And now I'm just like, gosh, if I only knew, I mean, I was in a holistic world, but I also had the medical model growing up and man, I just wish it was all holistic at that point. But the other thing, you know, and I don't think people even realize this, but let's talk about how um, with gluten, they spray it with glyphosate oh, yeah. right before yeah. harvest. And so when we talk about our ancestors, you know what, guess what? Monsanto wasn't around then. Yeah. And if you don't realize like this is, it's those things that people don't understand on a, why we want to do organic, but it's also like, there is no reason your body needs roundup in it. And I probably should not be saying names because it'll just get us pulled. But, um, I'm at oh, the point now where I'm like, we're speaking the ah, truth over this last year. We're speaking the truth. So it's a, it's a huge deal. I mean, just mm -hmm. the, the wheat. So, you know, glyphosate, that's a massive issue. Glyphosate aside, even just the gluten proteins that are in today's wheat, it's a totally different wheat than the yes. bread that even like, mm -hmm. now I'm a seventies kid. The bread that I was eating when I was growing up is totally like, it's not mm -hmm. even recognizable. And there was, uh, I think it was like 40 years ago. Um, I'm going to space in the name of the scientist because I'm terrible with names, but there was a whole process that he went through, won the Nobel prize for it, for hybridizing wheat to get this like doughy, squishy crop. Yeah. you know, like all the, I don't, I'm, I'm not an agriculture yeah. person, but like really like these hardy crops and the amount of hybridization, it wasn't genetically modified. Some people will say, yeah. oh, genetic, no, it wasn't genetically modified, but it was just such excessive 
hybridization that entirely new forms of the gluten protein were created that literally didn't exist previously. And, you know, again, our bodies are magnificent things. They don't adapt that quickly, yeah. right? These are just, the body just looks at it as foreign. Don't know mm -hmm. what to do with that. Just... Anything that's foreign, you gotta get it out. <laughs> I, no, I agree 100%. So let's talk about autoimmunity because this exactly. is something to, um, I don't even know how to say this and how to say it so that we're not going to get pulled, but um, there's been something introduced in the last year and a half that's increasing a lot of autoimmune issues. I'm just flat out going to say that we're saying we're seeing it. Um, those of us that called it a year and a half ago, we're, we were told we were nuts that this wouldn't happen, but we're seeing it. But let's talk about what exactly is autoimmune. So I want you to start just completely. Yeah. If, if somebody's dealing with autoimmune, like if, if you're listening right now and you're like, you know, something's really changed and I don't know what it is in the last year because I've had multiple people walking in, like, I can't figure it out, but, but there's one big player, but anyways, okay, well, that's like, a whole nother rabbit hole. We don't need to go down, but I do want to put that out there for people to dig and do some research. Yeah. But in the meanwhile, what is autoimmune? Um, and we'll deep dive into that because there's a, yeah. yeah. It's a big one. So, um, I mean, so let's just talk about the immune system, what it's supposed to do, right? Like at it's, and this is dramatic oversimplification, but at its absolute root, the immune system is there for two jobs, right? Housekeeping and protecting us from dangerous pathogens. That's its job, right? And as a really critical aspect of this is this ability to differentiate both between self and other, and then when it comes to other between friend and foe and what we have with autoimmunity is that mechanism of differentiation has gone awry so now rather than protecting self the immune system is actually attacking self it's perceiving self as enemy other and the definition of the disease is based on the target tissue so you know Hashimoto's, it's, it is the thyroid, right? Um, you know, psoriasis, it's the skin, you know, et cetera. So the different types, I mean, there's what, 150 plus different autoimmune diseases. And I feel like the list is growing every single day as they recognize autoimmune components to things that we, you know, I had eczema as a kid. We didn't think that, that was autoimmune. Now it's like, oh, that's actually an autoimmune process. So the process is the same. It's this errant immune system that has gone awry. And the, the really important question is why, right? Like why is this immune system basically making bad decisions? And again, this is an oversimplification, but at root, what is happening here? It's just like, if we don't, if we're constantly engaged, right? Like we're just, so much is being asked for us in all these different directions. We're not getting enough rest. This goes on and on and on over time, we start to make bad decisions, right? It's the exact same thing with the immune system. If that immune system is constantly being engaged, whether it be from improperly digested broccoli because of a leaky gut, whether it be because you're eating lots of gluten, whether it be because of you know, environmental things, um, injections of things that the body doesn't recognize and doesn't like, um, you know, there's a lot of different things constantly are taxing our immune system. And so 
the difference between like the conventional medical model and a more functional model, you know, the conventional medical model is like this person's hurting. So we're going to look at the target organ. Like, let's, I'm just going to use a Hashimoto's as an example, because yes, they do perfect. a ton of work in Hashimoto's. So Hashimoto's with thyroid, you know, they look at, okay, the target is the thyroid. What's happening is the thyroid is not producing hormones sufficiently. So we're going to replace those hormones. And maybe we're going to bring in some anti-inflammatories, you know, in some cases I'll bring in like, you know, immune suppressant because it's like, Ooh, the immune system is going crazy. So we need to shut it down. Now the immune system is also incredibly complex and you do any of this kind of manipulation and yes, <laughs> there's some this. pretty dramatic side effects to that. Mm -hmm. I will also acknowledge there's a time and a place, you know, sometimes in some really severe forms, you know, I've had a client with very severe form of myasthenia gravis, for example, that was absolutely life-threatening and a hundred percent she needed to be on those immunomodulatory drugs and she's still at the same time we need to be doing the deeper digging which is the functional model which is okay what is tiring out and engaging this immune system over and over and over such that it's making these bad decisions let's identify those things let's remove them let's support the immune system so that it can find its balance again and it is amazing what can happen such that you then don't need those immunosuppressant drugs. You don't need the anti-inflammatories. And in many cases, you don't actually even need to continue supporting the target organ or system because now that you're not killing it off, um, it's able to do what it can do. I love how you say that. This is like, this is totally my jam within my chiropractic philosophy, right? Because, you know, you think of it when let's look at the traditional Hashimoto, right? Like they're going to end up on T4. Yep. And they're going to end up on Synthroid and all of a sudden they're still going to be fat. They're still going to be overweight. They're still going to be exhausted. Um, but their T4 number is okay. And so yeah. <laughs> I know, I know like without even knowing you, I know that you're looking at it differently. <laughs> oh, completely. And completely. out of curiosity, have you seen an influx of Hashimoto's over the last year? Or well, not necessarily. Yeah, I mean, same? yes. I mean, so I also, I specialize in Hashi. So it's oh, like, so you, it's yeah. what I, so I always see an influx and it. it feels like the entire yeah. world has Hashis. Um, so Yes. I mean, what I'm saying, what I will say, I mean, I'm seeing an influx of all sorts of things I'm seeing, you know, interestingly within my Hashi's clients, what I'm seeing is a lot of, um, a lot of new liver issues developing <gasps> where we didn't, I didn't used to see that. I mean, that would be like a thing occasionally now it's like, oh, here we go again. Oh yeah. Although there's those liver enzymes and elevated. Now I'm starting to get to the point where I'm sort of pleasantly surprised when I don't see them, which is unfortunate. And it, what, this is what I think is like all of us as practitioners, we're all witnessing certain things, but then our patients want explanations, but we don't have them. We don't. Oh, we have theories, but yeah, we, we have, have, we have theories, years but of research to say, yeah. go to the study. Mm -hmm. Have antibodies increased on oh, your people that were under control? Dramatically, dramatically. Yeah. I've heard that from several practitioners too. So, and again, um, we're not saying like, Hey, this X causes Z what we're just literally saying, what we're, we're, we're having a conversation between two yeah. practitioners of what we're witnessing, what we're, what we're witnessing. Yeah. And I think there's so many different pieces to it. I mean, like yes. anything that is introduced to the body that it doesn't recognize that's foreign, it necessarily causes a stress on the immune yeah. system. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's some things that are foreign that are more damaging than others. And especially when something is like brand new and, yeah. you know, sort of a new technology, like there's just so much that we don't know about it. Yeah. And we're um, not going to know for several years because we're still in, in trials, know, you know? know, and if um, one of the companies gets their way, they want, you know, 75 years to disclose. So anyways, let's talk about um, Hashi. Yeah. Especially because it is, yeah. let's explain what it is. Um, because like you just said, everybody and their brother has Hashimoto's. I feel like 
and I truly like, it is one of those things. Um, And I have shared it on um, one of my friends, also her podcast. And it was interesting. We really deep dive into this. Um, And I don't even know if I want to, I have lab work right from October Mm -hmm. of 2020 and I was fine. It was absolutely fine. And by March, I could tell something was off of 2021. And when I did my numbers, they were horrible. Like it wasn't a little bit of Hashi. I was like full blown near 4,000 in my antibodies. Oh my God. Right. Exactly. I'm zero. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, chills, not the good. mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And this is something where, um, I didn't participate in this. <laughs> yeah, no, so I there's something you. else happening, Something's right? So, yeah. so for sure. So it's affecting a lot of us yeah. and we're all trying to figure out how to bring ourselves back. And especially, yeah. you know, like I've been gluten-free for 20 years, you know, I follow yeah. a paleo diet. It's all of those things where we're all doing the right thing. So um, for those of us that are, are dealing with Hashi, if, if there is somebody out there, let's explain what Hashimoto's is. Obviously it's an autoimmune condition. Um, but what we can do to help our help heal our body. So that way we're not going to be on meds for the rest. And and I don't like that thought process of, Hey, I'm going to have to take thyroid stuff for the rest of my life. Right. Um, and so I love your approach where it's like, let's look at this and what can we do to bring it back? Cause again, our body is so that innate intelligence is so amazing. Right. It's like so profound. I mean, we don't give it enough credit. No, we you don't. know. I mean, I know we're going to talk about Hashi's, but just as a side note, you know, when I've had clients come in with really mysterious things, I mean, like the myasthenia mm-hmm. gravis, when that client came to me originally, I was like, oh, I didn't even know that that was. I had to do some searching. You know, I'm, I'm not a medical doctor, I'm a functional nutritionist. Mm-hmm. So I'm good, really good at what I do. But this is certain things that people come in with these diagnoses that I'd never heard of. And she was like, have you ever worked with this before? And I said, quite frankly, not at all, but here's what I will tell you. I have seen things that can feel miraculous. It's not a miracle. It's just bringing the body back into balance, removing stressors and giving it the proper inputs. But what I do know for sure is that we, our birthright is to thrive. And our immune system is such a vitally important aspect of that. And if it is turning against us, there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. And what I'm convinced of is that we'll find that reason and we can turn it around. I really firmly believe that regardless of what the target of attack is. So, um, yeah, it's just, it is so powerful what our body can do. Yeah. I love it. And that's, let's, um, and I think this is what we're seeing and you're probably seeing it as well. So many people now come in and say, I don't want this anymore. That medical model is I'm done. (laughs) Like we've been through the ringer the last couple of years. And so people are just like, and I've seen it several times, even just this week mm-hmm. where new people came in and they're like, how come I didn't know about you 10 years I ago know. or 15 I years know. ago? And I went through all of this. And so this is our whole like purpose, obviously. And I love how you're keeping okay. it simple because it is healthy living simple and uh, to give people the hope, like there is light yeah. at the end of the tunnel. We've been there. We get it right now. I'm currently going through it too. You know, yeah. like I was laughing with my friends this morning, my little aura ring track the other night, they're like, we sense an intense workout um, at this time period. I was like, it was in the middle of the afternoon while I was adjusting everybody. And I was like, if I burned this many calories just by adjusting patients all afternoon, I'm like, how come I'm not ripped? I'm like, oh, thyroid. That's why I'm not ripped right now. Right. Like, once it'll get back, oh it'll be gosh. fine. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Right. I know. So, yeah. so yeah. let's deep dive into Hashi. Let's see. Yeah, let's, let's go to the Hashi's piece. So, I mean, with Hashimoto's, essentially what's happening is the um, immune system is attacking the thyroid and there's different things. There's, you know, the TPO enzyme or um, the uh, thyroglobulin. So there's different aspects, but ultimately what's happening is the immune system is attacking the thyroid 
and it is impacting its ability to produce sufficient amounts of thyroid hormone. And when that happens, what you have is a hypothyroid, so an under-functioning, under-performing thyroid. And you get all sorts of brutal symptoms, like completely inexplicable weight gain. You know, how many clients come to me and they're like, nothing's changed. I'm still eating the same, like I'm doing all the same things. And I put on 30 pounds in a month. Like we're not talking like little weight gain. We're talking major weight gain, mm -hmm. um, thinning hair, super dry skin, feeling so fatigued that just like, oh my God, I don't know that I could get out of bed. And some of them can't. Um, and um, really sluggish digestion. So like really slow motility, constipation. Um, they get that some people get the lateral third of their eyebrows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's funny. I was, get those babies back. <laughs> right. I have a symptom burden assessment that I have clients yeah. do. And it's so interesting. The ones who are like, that's a thing. Like they had no idea mm. it was related to their thyroid. And so, um, it's really uncomfortable and it is exactly, as you said, you know, a, a medical doctor will prescribe thyroid hormone replacement essentially and send you on your way. And they'll mo monitor some numbers, not all the numbers, um, not the most important number, which is your free T3, which is like the actual hormone that's going out there and doing the things, right? Because what they monitor is TSH, which is actually a pituitary hormone. It's your pituitary telling the thyroid what to do. And then they monitor typically free T3, T4, excuse me. And T4 is an, an inactive hormone. It's the vast majority of what your thyroid produces. Um, but then your body has to convert that T4 into T3, which is the active form of thyroid hormone that does the work, right? And so there's a lot of things that can get in the way of that conversion from T4 to T3. And that's a piece that's often missed. So you get people all the time coming in, they've been on meds and the doctors look at the labs and say, you're fine because they've optimized their TSH and their free T4, but they're not doing anything about the T3. And when we do a full set of labs and we look at all the numbers, including free T3 and reverse T3 and all these different things, um, and they, we see that it's like, oh yeah, no, there's the active hormone is, is not nearly sufficient to meet the body's needs. And no wonder you're feeling miserable. So, um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's one of the biggest challenges um, that I think clients experience is they just, you know, and I, I remember, so I, I have Hashi's and I was diagnosed um, when I was pregnant with my second daughter. And I will share with you, it was a devastating moment for me. I was already a practitioner specialized in autoimmune and something about my history, my mother was diagnosed with very serious autoimmunity when I was in high school. And she had multiple different, um, I mean, she had very severe uh, lupus as well as rheumatoid arthritis. And she ultimately lost her life to complications from the medications that were keeping her alive, barely. I mean, it was just this awful, slow, painful process of deterioration, you know, over 20 plus years where it was just like one step forward, four steps back, one more surgical procedure, three steps. Back. I mean, it was just like, I remember, you know, we talk about the immunosuppressant drugs. Her immune system was so compromised because of all of the meds. She got a hangnail once and was hospitalized. I'm not kidding you for three months because it turned into an infection that went all the way up her arm. Oh my goodness. And then she developed antibiotic resistance. I mean, it was just, yeah. it was, it was like from a hangnail. Mm -hmm. Like we have an immune system. Like we don't mm -hmm. remember that like little things like hangnails, our immune system is dealing with that. Like that's part of its job is that internal care. So, um, so just turning it off isn't 
necessarily the best approach, um, or at least the long-term approach, you know? So, um, so I had very upfront, close and personal experience of what does not work, you know? And um, I'd made it my life's mission to make sure that nobody else that I can help is in, has to go that path because it was brutal. Um, so getting that diagnosis was this like, oh my God, like I'm a fraud. How can I be doing this? If I, you know, I, I'm like the specialist in this and I can't even prevent it, blah, 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 blah. Able to totally like just there's the spoiler alert have been able to totally bring it into remission using yeah. all the tools like I just did the work I did with clients with myself. So it was all good, but it was a scary moment. And I remember talking to the doctor about it um, because um, I wanted to run some follow up labs postpartum and he was like didn't want to had to like fight with him to get the antibodies. Mm -hmm. He was like, and I was like, well, why? He's, he's like, why do you need them? You know, once you've got the Hashis, you've got Hashis. And I was like, but why don't you care? Right. And he said, well, you know, once you have it, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just about su supporting the hormone levels. And I was like, okay. I mean, I, I disagree, but I got it. I was like, okay, they just really fundamentally don't believe that there is a way to actually bring autoimmune strategically and permanently into remission. So there's kind of a why bother, let's save you the money. And if I really believed that there was no point and no ability, like I get it, I'd save the money too. I just don't happen to disagree with that. Um, and, you know, he was good about it. He was like, I get you're going to push for it and I'll order them for you. But, you know, I don't know why, you know, I should probably send him my current labs and say, that's why. Um, that's exactly. But, <laughs> but then I don't know if you've ever had this. I've had clients like in really serious autoimmune mm -hmm. conditions whose doctor, you know, they've been on medication for years, whose doctor told them there's no other way, diet has nothing to do with it, et cetera. And then we do this work. They have profound healing. They go back to that doctor and say like, hey, check it out. Do you know what? How, at least half of those physicians have said to them, not all. There's some that are super like, wow. It's remission. No, some of them will just say, oh, we must have misdiagnosed you. I've had that happen so many times. And I'm just like. I know. I, <sighs> yeah, no, I get it. 100%. Wow. I've seen that a lot where they're like, oh, yeah, sorry. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like, yeah, no, it's um something ingrained in their training, I think. And it's not, and this is not anti-bashing medicine. It's just the no, fact it's, it's the tools all. in their, it's the tools in their toolbox. I remember walking into my, um, it was an osteopath way back in the day. This is the early 2000s. You know, I was early, like brand new in practice and I wanted my labs. And so I asked for reverse T3. He's like, I don't understand why you want this. And I was like, I want this lab, right? Well, it was, must've been early enough that people weren't really asking for it because a thousand dollars later, like in 2005, <laughs> I got that lab. I was like, oh, maybe I should have asked for that lab. Right. But you know, even even now it's interesting because I um in a holistic practice that I know of over here, even their physician assistants won't order the yeah. reverse T3. And when I'm like, okay, time out, why are you not doing this? Well, it's an expensive lab. I'm like, it's $22. Right. Like, <laughs> So it's funny how it's always, you're still, even when you walk into a functional practice, just know that sometimes you might have to dig a little bit more too. Yeah. Yeah. You still, it's, yeah. And I always advocate. I always tell people yes. like, you've got to, you've got to ask for what you need. And any practitioner who's not honoring that and not sort of trusting your instincts, that's a, that's a red flag. You want to really make sure they're really hearing you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's continue yeah. on with uh, Hashi.
Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's, what I'd love to talk about is the relationship of the gut where we started with Hashi's because it's, and, and all autoimmune, yeah. right? It's yeah. such an important thing. And it is also the starting point. Well, okay. The absolute starting point with Hashi's yeah. say goodbye to gluten and it's a permanent mm -hmm. goodbye. And I'm super sorry. I mean, we've all gone through this moment of like, oh, wow, that's it. Um, and the good news is we're having this conversation in 2022 and the options for you are endless. Um, I mean, truly it, it's just, I remember having these conversations with clients 15 years ago, it was a very different conversation because the options were so awful. Um, but now it's like, I mean, you can not just get gluten-free, but great grain-free, like, I mean, truly outstanding high quality products. So it's, it's hard, but you're going to be okay. So that's absolute step one. hundred percent agree. But if we think about, so we, I talked about the whole digestive process, right? And so a thing that most people don't realize is that the vast majority of your immune system in the order of about 80%, heard from 70 to 90%. So let's average it to 80%. Most of the immune system lives in and around the digestive tract, right? So anything that is not working properly in your gut is necessarily taxing and engaging that immune system, right? And that is something like how many times do you eat or drink something in a day? Talk about regular stressors, mm -hmm. right? And, and the, you know, the, the question I often get, I mean, a lot of people with Hashi's also have digestive issues. So if you have digestive issues, you're probably like going, yeah, this makes sense to a certain degree because it doesn't feel good in your gut. But even for folks without any kind of digestive symptoms, it is so important to start here because you can have a lot of stuff going on in your digestive process that is um, really taxing that immune system, even without any kind of overt symptoms, right? So it can be a functional issue, meaning that you're not producing enough stomach acid, which means that you're not breaking down your protein sufficiently and you're kind of rolling out the carpet for any orally ingested foodborne pathogens. Um, you are maybe not secreting enough enzymes or bile flow is a little sluggish. So all of these things are affecting your digestive function that you might not feel. In some cases you can feel it, but in other cases it can still be happening and you not actually feel it as a symptom. Um, we talked about the leaky gut. That's a huge piece of the puzzle, right? Like anything that's getting across that gut barrier that should not be getting there is engaging the immune system. Um, the balance of the microbiome, right? If you have what we call a dysbiotic um, microbiome, meaning basically that the, the good guys are not thriving and the bad guys, like the opportunistic bacteria, they're like weeds in a garden. They do what they do. They, they take advantage of opportunities to overgrow and they do. And this imbalance is another major stressor for the immune system. Um, you can have pathogenic um, and, you know, anything from like an H. pylori infection in the stomach to parasites to, you know, some of those bacteria that are overgrowing are really pathogenic. They're very, very pro-inflammatory um, and they're adding an additional burden to the immune system. And then, you know, in terms of foods, we talked about gluten um, and there's some other kind of heavy hitters that for most people with Hashi's, they need to pull out things like soy and dairy and of course, processed foods, generally sugar. Um, but even beyond that, there can be these really hidden food sensitivities that are like the low lying inflammatory burdens that are triggering this inflammatory process in the body at a low level. But it's that 
you know, it's the slow drip, right? That never yes. stops. That's the stuff that's the most toxic and the most invasive. So um, for all of these reasons, I mean, you know, some of these things, yeah, you'll feel symptomatically, but a lot of them can be there at a subclinical level, causing a lot of damage and taxing your immune system without giving you overtly gastrointestinal symptoms. Yeah. And so often I feel like we're dealing with things. I've had the conversation numerous times, even with patients, but for me, right? Like as a kid, I grew up realizing that my stomach always hurt after I ate and I thought it was normal. Like because as a child and how often I've had, it's funny how the conversations just go into cycles in the practice. And so multiple people walking and saying, well, I never thought to question it because it's how it's always been. Right. And so it wasn't, and for me, like it wasn't until I went away to college and I realized that everybody else wasn't doubled over in pain after they ate. Right. And so then it was like, okay, something's off. And then chiropractic school, thank God, like I started digging, but it was finally then that I realized for gluten. And that was early 2000s where nobody knew, you know, we weren't talking about gluten. So again, like you had just said that conversation way back when, when you told people, it was like, all right, you're going to be paleo at this point because there's, there are no other gluten free options for you. Like, this is what you're doing, Lisa. But I want to give people that hope because once you feel amazing, you realize like, oh my gosh, if I ate that, I'm going to be not feeling well. Like I remember running into a patient at a Christmas party years ago and she's like, you're just so good. I'm like, no, I mean, it's the fact of like, I realized if I sat there and ate this garbage on the table, I will feel miserable for three days. Like there's a different part of it. Yeah, exactly. So I I couldn't agree with you more. I think that our baseline for what optimal is, is so freaking (laughs) low. And I always tell clients, you know, my goal for you is to feel better in your body than you even think possible. And I was just so much like you. It took me a lot longer than college. It took me until my thirties when I um, changed careers and studied nutrition, but I thought it was, I didn't even dawn on me that I wasn't like the picture of health. I didn't have weight issues. And so that was like, I looked good, but on the inside, I mean, I told you about the migraines, my gut as well. I had to lie down curled up in the fetal position after most meals because I had such bad gut pain and I just organized my life around it. I didn't think it was weird. You know, I had such blood sugar dysregulation because all I ate was carbs. Um, And I mean, I could not fathom an afternoon without Mm -hmm. a major cup of coffee Mm -hmm. and some kind of sugar. In fact, you know, in my previous corporate life, it was just known, like I would be in meetings and I would just sort of tune out. Like I wouldn't even be aware of it. I would just sort of like mentally leave the building and my colleagues would recognize it and literally push a piece of chocolate in front of me. And I'd be like, oh, and I'd eat the chocolate and then like come back. I was just so wildly hypoglycemic. And all of this to me, just, I didn't even think that this could possibly be wrong, Mm -hmm. you know? And I remember my first weekend (laughs) um, when I started studying nutrition and we did some of the assessments we use with clients on ourselves. And I was, my results were awful. (laughs) Like, what's my structure? Like, what's going on? And she was like, uh, yeah. (laughs) And I just, you know, I mean, I was also at the time, you know, vegetarian, but not even a vegetarian. Like I didn't actually eat vegetables. I I was a carbivore, right? I just like, that was all. Yeah. I did the same thing. Lots of starch, total Mm -hmm. low fat, lots of soy. I used to think, oh my gosh, I can never eat soy. And it was because don't I was you think this the soy the- contributed to the thyroid though too oh, for I'm sure, sure right 100 sure percent sure i feel like it. that's when i first lost my eyebrows the outer third right and i mean i was doing soy like crazy as protein powders and oh, yeah. everything again all this is early 90s right lifting the and things. then oh yeah, oh, yeah all the and then all the acne i had in my 20s i always laughed i was like you know like this is even worse than i was in high school and now i'm like oh my god all the soy 
all with soy. So don't do soy, especially if you have thyroid no. issues, oh, but just yeah. don't do soy at all. It's genetically modified. Like don't, it's if you do it, you can use my yeah. miso, but not. Yeah. So, um, what else do you want to share? This one is so great. I know like, how about what you want to touch on Hashi and fertility too? Yeah, that's a big issue. So that's mm-hmm. actually one of the thing that I specialize in. Um, I, um, I had really good results with a client, one of my clients back in the day where she was quite, um, has a big following and talks a lot about the work that we did. And, um, you know, she came to me, she's 30 years old, hadn't had a period in three years, severe Hashi's barely managed by all the medication that she was taking. She was just that classic example of like the thyroid labs that the, the medical team was looking at looked fine, but she was miserable. And this, you know, former college athlete who literally, again, she was one of these, like, couldn't get off the couch, had to quit her job. Um, and so we were able to rebalance that very, very quickly and get her period back. And then she got pregnant, like almost immediately and has talked about this a lot. So now it's my practice uh, women in their thirties and forties with how she's trying to get pregnant. I love it. So, um, so the thing with a hypothyroid situation is it really impacts hormone production You know, our endocrine system. So all the different hormone producing organs is just so amazingly complex. I would say we're still very, very beginning of even understanding it. Um, but just, you know, it's like one hormone goes out of balance and think of it like a spider's web, right? It just like everything kind of pulls. And so when you have a hypothyroid situation, oftentimes we'll see it really impact um, estrogen production in women and testosterone production in men. So it affects both, both partners. And even though um, Hashi's is more common in women, I'm seeing a ton of it in men. So um, for those couples trying to get pregnant right now, I'm going to say, let's not let's stop putting all the focus on the female in that partnership. Um, and let's look at both of you because um, that's a really, really important piece of the puzzle when we're talking about fertility. Um, but it can prevent ovulation, which of course is fundamental to conception. Um, and hypothyroid dramatically increases the body's risk of miscarriage. So, you know, it also can increase um, prolactin levels, which is going to really make conception very challenging if possible at all. So um, really making sure that those um, hormone levels are optimized. And when I'm saying that, I'm not just talking about, again, the TSH and the free T4, I'm talking about the full hormone panel. You really want to make sure the entire complex of hormones are doing what they should be doing. Just why, you know, I'm, you know, I can understand the logic to a certain degree of just supplementing with exogenous hormones and assuming we're all good. Um, but for many women, that is not the case. They need to actually do the deeper healing work. And I think something that's so important to remember and often gets missed is with any autoimmune, but let's, we're talking about Hashi. So let's focus on Hashi's. We spend so much time on the target organ and we've tried to fix the target organ. But that's not the problem. It's the target. Mm-hmm. It's not the one taking aim, right? What's taking aim at the thyroid is the immune system. Yeah. So we need to remember that Hashi's is fundamentally dysfunction of the immune system and start there. And that is, I think, the piece that gets massively missed, even by a lot of functional practitioners, I have to say. And I'm not. You know, I know we're all doing the very best we can with the tools that we have, but I just think it's so easy to focus on the downstream result of imbalance as opposed to really, truly doing that deeper digging and focusing on ultimately of the root cause. And, and there's right. so much talk about root cause. It's like almost boring at this point, but really this is what we need to be doing. We need to be just detectives out there digging, digging, digging. Why is the immune system making 
bad decisions. And step one in that, after you've taken out gluten, is to look at the is to look at the gut, just because so much of the immune system lives in and around it. Um, and it doesn't mean that that's the last step. You know, for some people, it's the first and last step. You know, they do that gut healing, and that thosh, that Hashi's goes into remission. We're able to keep them into beautiful balance. And you know, that client I mentioned, I mean, she's had she's now had two children. Her second son is, I think, two years old at this point. I mean, this has been years. She's been in full remission off all medications the entire time. Right. So this isn't something, you know, that's one of the problems with autoimmune is that it ebbs and flows. And so oftentimes we'll have this like, oh, that's just the natural course. It goes in and out of remission. And you're right. It goes in and out of remission. But our goal is to bring it into remission and keep it there. Right. As long as possible, if not forever. And, um, you know, with her, I mean, it hasn't been forever yet, um, but we're in like year five, year six. And when you've been that long in remission, it's a very different thing from a few months in, a few months out. You know, it's a, the, the, the natural ebb and flow tends to be a lot of a faster cycle. So, um, so really, we just have to focus on that, that immune piece of the puzzle, especially when we're talking about a female and we're talking about fertility, because let's, let's run the whole story. So fertility is the very first step, right? Then you have conception, you wanna maintain a super healthy pregnancy. And you want to be able to stay in remission postpartum, which is when so many women have their autoimmune flare for completely logical reasons. I mean, it's the perfect storm of factors that will trigger autoimmunity. So you have this total hormonal flip, right? Once you've, you know, the baby's out, um, you have your immune system, which a big aspect of the immune system actually shuts down while you're pregnant to make sure that you, your immune system doesn't attack this alien that you're growing. Um, right. Um, and so that part of the immune system comes right back online. Um, you are probably not sleeping. <laughs> yeah. There's a massive increase in stress because now you have a newborn in the house, whether this is your first, second, fifth, 10th, like it's always a stressful thing to bring another, you know, living being into the home, especially in that, those early stages. So it is this perfect storm for an autoimmune flare. And so the ideal scenario is that you have really addressed and supported the immune system to bring that into remission prior to conception, not only so that you can conceive, not only so that you can maintain that pregnancy, but so that you can be a healthy and happy postpartum as well. And that this experience of bringing a beautiful other living being into planet earth does not end up in you struggling with even deeper autoimmune issues. And I think that's so beautifully said because as women, it's uh, so innate for us to take care of everybody else first. And you think of just even the stress that we've been over like the last couple of years. Well, and even, and I keep seeing it with my patients, right? Like we've got posture changes and we're working on them. And I'm like, these are your nerves that are going to the thyroid. These are your nerves going to your stomach. Like these are the nerves going to the lungs and we're in this constant panic and like, but we're not, but I'm not like, this is really not affecting me. I'm like, but it is right. Like physiologically it is, I'm seeing it posture wise. It is. And so, um, no wonder our immune systems have all tanked when we didn't leave our house for a year or everything else. So it's the same reason. probably why we're seeing, we've got so many stressors being thrown at us. So I think the biggest thing is ladies, we've got to learn to take care of ourselves and men too, if you're listening and hundred percent, you can't give another what you don't have. have, Right. And when we're talking about just, I mean, just baby making here, right. I mean, that's, 
you can, I mean, we're talking about this emotionally, energetically, but also just from a straight up physiological perspective, like you cannot, like your nutritional status is what you pass on to that child. Mm -hmm. So if you go in super depleted, you literally don't have the nutrients to pass on to your baby. And that child is going to start off in a deficient place. You know, that's part of the reason why we're seeing this really significant uptick in children's health issues. Like they're not being born from the same place that we were born, certainly nowhere near to where our parents' generation was born. Right? Like I can think of my mom, oh, but we've always eaten this. Your grandparents ate that, you know? And it's like, okay, we already talked about like the entire world, the environment, the food we eat, all of this is dramatically different. Mm -hmm. And they started off eating most, more so <laughs> real food than yes. we did. And with every generation, it's getting more processed. It's getting more nutritionally deficient. It's becoming that, what does Michael Pollan call it? These like food-like edible substances. Like <laughs> it's not actually food, you know, no. like you walk through the grocery store and it's actually alarming how much of that isn't really Mm -mm. And that always shows me like how intelligent our body really is that we're able to still, still live <laughs> with such nutrient, you know, void. Foods. I know. I mean, our bodies are magnificent and they so are. resilient, but at a certain point, just like, I know. you know, I mean, even Superman at a certain point is like, I'm out. Yeah, there's, know? Exactly. Like, I agree. A hundred percent. Oh my goodness. What else would you like to share? Well, I mean, Gosh, there's so many things. Well, you know, I think a really important piece of this conversation when we're talking about autoimmunity and, I, you know, I'm going to say for women in particular, and I know it's not just women, but, you know, every physical ailment that we have on some level is a metaphor, right? And so let's think about the body is attacking itself. And what do we do, mm -hmm. right? Like we are our own worst critics. And so if there is an autoimmune process going on, what I'd really invite you to do is think about like, where is this showing up elsewhere? Not just physically in your life, but like, what is some of the self-talk, you know, what are some of the ways where you are turning on yourself? Because, um, you know, um, it was Mark David who first said this to me, which is he's the um, Institute for the Psychology of Eating and just really, um, interesting ways of thinking about food, but he always says the disease is the cure, which is like, wait, what, why, how is the disease the cure? And really what this means is what, whatever this disease, whatever the ill health state is asking of you is exactly what it is that you need. And I mean, honestly, I've never seen a scenario where this isn't the case. It's so good. right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can think of myself with the migraines, you know, um, I, struggled with those for years. And, you know, once I became, you know, prior to nutrition, yes, I wouldn't be five feet away from my bottle of Advil, but post studying nutrition, I did a lot of gut healing. I did a lot of work. And of course the, you know, the number, the frequency, the severity of those migraines dramatically improved, which was fantastic. Um, but I would still get them occasionally. And especially so postpartum, my first daughter, um, uh, it was, I'm sure because of lack of sleep and the stress and all the things I was getting, I was getting quite a few migraines and was really struggling with them. And, um, my, um, a coach I was working with at the time challenged me to build a different relationship with these migraines. And she actually asked me to spend some time and like figure out the persona like give these migraines sort of a character, like in a film or something. And, you know, when she first gave me this assignment, I was like, oh, it's going to be this like evil villain, you know, like just this brutal thing, 
because, you know, when I would get these migraines, it just felt so intense and so unrelenting and so harsh. But when I got really quiet and like really thought through um, what these migraines were for me and, and what that persona was, what actually came through was mama migraine. And it was so interesting is it was so similar. So my daughter at the time was a year old and this kid, not a sleeper, like she fought, like she hated to sleep, hated it. And she would just, so napping was, I mean, just the freaking dance we had to go through to get this child to fall asleep to nap. And many times what I would finally resort to is literally holding her, like lying down with her and holding her and she'd be screaming and she just did not want to be there. Right. I can't even imagine what our neighbors thought was going on in our house, <laughs> but I would just like hold her, you know, lovingly, but not let her get up until she just finally fell asleep and got the sleep that she desperately needed. And I realized that is exactly what my migraines did to me. It was exactly what they did. It literally was the only thing that would get me in bed and keep me there. And all I needed, and, and now, thank goodness, I mean, I, I've, I've mostly learned the lesson. These lessons are lifelong lessons. So I will never <laughs> pretend to like not have to have completely learned the lesson. So I've mostly learned the lesson, but, um, but still, um, now I still sometimes get them. It's always when I've been going way too hard, I've been ignoring the whispers, you know, the, like, you need more. I've been ignoring my aura ring. I've been just like driving, driving, driving. And then in comes a migraine, mama migraine, who is like lovingly, but firmly, nope, you're getting your ass in bed and you are not getting out for 24 hours. Enjoy it <laughs> or don't, but you know, I tried. Right. And, and yeah. so, um, so it's, it, you know, developing that relationship with our physical symptoms is such an important piece of this process that I also don't think gets talked about. So yes, eliminate the gluten. Yes. Do the digestive healing. And like, let's, you know, when our bodies are out of balance and they are, they speak to us through symptoms. That's the only way the body can communicate. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be listening to those, not just suppressing those. Yes. It's incredibly important information. I and mean, I don't need to tell you this, right? Like this is what you do day in and day out. Mm -hmm. It's always a sign of some kind of imbalance. And what we need to do is restore that balance. And sometimes that means going back to bed for a day. Um, you know, sometimes it means taking out gluten, you know, but we have to be listening and not just fighting and overriding. And I'm not, you know, do I take, I've moved on from Advil. Do I take, you know, the Excedrin migraine now? If, if, you know, I've got a big day um, and I just don't, you know, yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say I don't, but I also, I'm like, okay, I heard you. Yeah. We're going to get extra sleep. I'm going to take tomorrow off or whatever it is. Like yes. always got to be listening to those messages um, and honoring them. That's what I always say is that we're, our body gives us those symptoms to let us know it's a warning light. And unfortunately, we're throwing duct tape over the warning lights all the time. All the time. And then when the body shuts down, we're like, what happened? I don't get it. And it's like, well, I've been telling you for years, this is going on. So it is. And I, I love seeing how people are just sort of waking up on all of this and really finding more of a holistic approach on everything right now. So it's beautiful oh, how it's all coming about, all coming together, not apart. Yeah. Margaret? tell them where they can find you, S yeah. share with them your social, your websites, all that stuff. You bet. Absolutely. So <clears throat> website for my practice and hundreds, literally hundreds of articles and recipes. Um, my husband's a chef. Um, and so, um, yeah, we do a lot of collaboration on there. So that's eatnakedkitchen.com. 
Um, and you can find me on Instagram at, at Margaret Floyd Barry. And then also if there's, I don't know if there's practitioners in your audience, but if this type of work sounds intriguing to you, um, I'm also co-owner of a company called Restorative Wellness Solutions, and we train health professionals in these tools. So um, nutritionists who are using more of the basic toolkit of, you know, just, you know, manipulating diet and some basic supplement protocols, we, we teach them how to do this deeper digging, as well as, you know, we've had some chiropractors, acupuncturists, um, a lot of nurses, you know, people who are a lot of, in fact, more and more conventional medical practitioners who are feeling frustrated with the right, with the system and wanting to incorporate these tools into how they do their work or just leave their practice and do something more, yes. um, more profound. And so restorativewellnesssolutions.com um, for anybody who is interested in doing this work professionally, I can tell you, as I'm sure you would agree, it is some of the most rewarding challenging but rewarding work that you can do is helping people who feel like they have really lost hope and have been just rebuffed um, by the medical system gone from doctor to doctor feeling so just disillusioned and unheard mm -hmm. being able to listen and hear and unpack what's going on and helping them feel better than they even believe is possible it is like i cannot believe i get to do this every day it's the best work it. in the world I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. Did you like that episode? I absolutely love having the opportunity to interview some of the best and brightest guests and to share them with all of you. So if I may ask you a huge favor, I would love it if you went on over to Apple Podcast and gave us a review. I personally read each and every one of them as they come in, and I am always inspired by your feedback. So I would be so appreciative if you did that. And here is the legalese. All content provided by Dr. Lisa Olszewski and her guests in her programs, including this podcast, her website, summits, and other platforms, is for educational and informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider before you make any changes to your health routine, especially related to this content. Ask your physician questions about medical conditions. No statement has been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and products mentioned or discussed in these programs are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I hear it all the time. How do I get my kids to eat fruits and vegetables? How can I get them to take a multivitamin? Or even for our adults, I hate fruits and vegetables. How do I incorporate some of the great benefits of this? This is why I created the Nourish Super Greens and Super Reds. You are going to love them. They are all organic. You have organic green blend and an organic red antioxidant blend. But what else I love about this... I brought in immune support as well. So we have such amazing superfoods, all of the different mushrooms that are in there, along with digestive enzymes. And you can just mix it into your smoothie. You can mix it into some water, but it tastes good. There are no added sugars. You're going to love it. So just click the link below or go to drlisao.com and click the shop button.